What's up, Buckle Brigade? Yours truly, Jason McCarthy here. As you'll notice that my two co-pilots are sitting out this week. We had quite the crazy weekend at ASWA Saturday Night Slam. We had TLC match, tag team titles. We're all a little bit burned out. Plus, I mean, we're recording on Valentine's Day. They got fiancés. I can't really ask them to take time out away from their significant others to do this show. It just didn't feel right. So they're getting a little bit of recharge, doing some special stuff with their their fiancés. They'll be back next week more than likely. At least one of them will. Who knows? I mean, work schedules do sometimes get in the way here onto the turnbuckle. So we're just going to do a condensed version of to the turnbuckle today just so we can we can get this out there not leave you guys hanging but also i mean elimination chamber saturday so it's very important so i mean the plus of me being single single is that i mean oh well valentine's day i guess i'll just do the podcast it's fine i don't mind so bear with me i'll try to bring the same energy and analysis and fun that I always do to the turnbuckle, it'll just be, just be me. So hopefully no one minds of just hearing my dulcet tones. It's all right if you do, but take a listen anyway. We'll drop this Thursday morning. Probably just be a one-parter, to be honest. I'm not trying to sit here for three hours. I know you guys don't want to hear just me talking for three hours. I mean, if you do, I'm sorry. I guess I could work on that. But we're going to do a little condensed version. First of all, first of all, Logan, Travis, I hope you two have a fantastic Valentine's Day with your fiancés and Thank you so much for being a part of the team. Your commentary has gotten fantastic. You get better each and every show. And thank you for being on my co-pilots here on To The Turnbuckle. I don't know if I could do this every week solo. I mean, I'm sure I could, but it's not as much fun when you're just sitting here talking to yourself. It's it's fine, but it's 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 I'm sure it's more entertaining probably. When Logos and Travis, or a mixture of either or, are actually available to be on the podcast. So, as you can see, Violent Valentine is the title of our episode today. We're really just going to get crashing right into Monday Night Raw. We're going to talk about that first segment between Bianca, Bailey, and Becky Lynch. I thought this was utterly fantastic. First of all, the promo work between these ladies fantastic did a great job i really feel like as the months go on the more experienced people that have proven themselves to be draws are getting more and more leeway as far as what they say in their promos instead of I'm sure they still get outlines. There's nothing wrong with an outline for a promo. Nothing wrong with it. I want you to hit this, this, and this. You decide how we get there. So they brought up their history. Becky and Bailey threw some jabs at each other about, you know, Becky's 
been a headliner at WrestleMania. That was into response of Bailey saying that Becky doesn't know what it's like to be a Grand Slam champion in the WWE. And I mean, Becky fired right back. Bianca came out. I loved the whole segment. Adam Pierce did a great job setting this match up with just a little bit of lines that he was given. And it, it made for a very interesting dynamic. Because when he said, you guys have a triple threat. If Becky or Bailey win, the Elimination Chamber starts as a triple threat. I thought that was a very interesting wrinkle. I think, you know, maybe even a year ago, maybe even six months, they might have had a chance to take someone's spot in the Elimination Chamber. I wouldn't have agreed with that. I think everybody that's in the Elimination Chamber has earned the right to be there. So I think this really made a really interesting wrinkle as far as the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view goes because now there's questions. There are questions at the beginning of Raw after this first segment. Oh, my. Oh, my. Is the Elimination Chamber going to start in a triple threat? Are they going to do that? Or are they going to keep Becky and Bailey out of it? And those are the kinds of questions we want out of pro wrestling. It makes us think. It's like, I don't know what they're going to do. I wasn't sure. I was like, huh, starting out with a triple threat would be all right. But at the same time, keeping it as it is, is okay too. So this first segment, utterly fantastic how it all panned out. Hands off to all four talents involved. And I'm really looking forward to the Elimination Chamber. We'll talk about the results to that triple threat match here in just a little bit. The first match of the night was Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus the Street Profits. And Logan and I talked about this last week. Angelo Dawkins just keeps getting better and keeps giving you reasons to cheer for him and keeps showing you, like we talked about last week, that if they do split, the Street Profits will be a rare team where both men will be successful singles wrestlers. And if they do split them up, I hope it's, let's just go our separate ways. Let's test the singles waters. I don't think it would be of service to Montez Ford or Angelo Dawkins to have one turn on the other. I think the smart decision, if you split them, which last week you heard my my take on it, I think they should turn heel and be part of the Hurt Business. I think that would be utterly fantastic. They bring so much to the table, and the Hurt Business should be a stable instead of a three-man group. I, th- I think they've earned that. I think they've all earned that. So this matchup really continues putting the emphasis on Angelo Dawkins because like we talked about it last week, we all know how good Montez Ford is. We know how good Angelo Dawkins can be. Angelo Dawkins is really showing us that that can be part that I just talked about, how good he can be each and every week. There's something different in improving, whether it's his promo work, whether it's his crispness in the ring, whether it's the moves he decides to do at the proper time. I just see really big, big things for Angelo Dawkins. And I'm not saying that someday down the road, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins don't see eye to eye because they're wrestling for the championship. 
but that still doesn't mean, and by championship I mean the world championship, but that still doesn't mean that they can't be friends. There's little subtleties in wrestling that I think sometimes get missed. You can be friends with somebody when the championship's on the line. Now, can you be friends in the match per se? Well, sure, but there's going to be that unspoken bond and commitment that, bro, I'm about to whoop your ass. We can have some beers after this, have a laugh or two, but there's no quarter in that ring. And I think that's the right story for them if that's where they choose to go. And I'm sure eventually we're not going to have the Street Profits together forever. That's that's asking too much. They, they just cannot keep them. They've done almost everything. So you can't just keep them there. But I, I, it would be a great disservice to those two for everything that they have been able to do in NXT, on SmackDown, on Raw, to make them bitter blood feud rivals. Sometimes it's more interesting when it's just friends. Because you're like, how far are they going to go? And if you've watched this show and you've watched enough wrestling, you know that backstage, real-life best friends tend to create the best matches overall because, yeah, you always trust the guy you're across the ring with, but when it's somebody that you're that close to, Magic more often than not happens. I know I had some of when, you know, God, 15, 16 years ago when I had my cup of coffee in the ring. My best matches were always with my best friends. Always. Did I have, I thought I always had good matches. I don't know. It could be rose colored glasses. It could be true. But. I know every match I had with my dude Joe or my dude Jerome were always fantastic because we didn't have to. It was like when you listen to Chris talk about building that match with Sean. One had a beginning, one had an end, and they just had a quick 15-minute conversation. That was it. And they stole the show. And that's how it was when I was trying to make it in the business where it was if if me and Jerome were scheduled to wrestle each other, I mean, it was almost a night off. Like, as far as brain goes, like, we didn't have to think. We just went out there and did it. Now, I, I do realize, looking back at it, a lot of that was we used to shoot wrestle, so we knew just what to do and when to do. Like, our chemistry was off the charts, same with Joe. But I think we could see some some real five-star Matches, however, I mean, it's all subjective when you're starring matches or grading matches with an A to D grade or however you want to do it. It's always going to be suggestive, but you're always going to get the best matches out of real life best friends. Even when they're feuding with each other, you always get the best matches. It's a little bit tighter, little bit harder, little bit stiffer because... Like I said, you you always trust the other guy across from you, but when you have the relationship that Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford have, it's going to create magic. I just know it. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to see them go to toe. I don't like I said, I don't want to see them in a blood feud. 
and I, I, I'm rambling, I think, because I haven't even talked about this match yet. I thought the match was great. The, the right team went over because there is a big-time matchup coming up on Saturday between Balor, Ripley, versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. You can't, and some people might say, what, why, is, why are the Street Profits losing all the time? Well, sometimes it fits the story. Winning and losing, winning and losing doesn't always matter. I mean, it matters. Like, you can't lose for six months straight. It, it hurts your aura. It hurts the wrestler across the, the ring from you. Because if you just lose, 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 lose for months, beating you almost means nothing. Do you need to win every match? No. But you can't lose them all either. So it's very important that they gave the rub over to Balor and Priest. So Finn Balor has momentum going into this matchup with Beth Phoenix and Edge. Damian Priest is in this elimination chamber. You got to give him a rub too. So it makes perfect sense with the Street Profits really having nothing to do at Elimination Chamber to go ahead, give give the victory to Balor and Priest so they have momentum on their side. Because a lot of times people are going to assume that Edge is just going to win. I think now those people that thought that are going to have questions. Are they really? They just beat the Street Profits, one of the most popular teams and best teams in the WWE that gives them a lot of credibility heading into Saturday. So I thought that was really important that they they got the victory in a pretty good matchup. I mean, it wasn't and it wasn't supposed to be a five-star A-plus match. It was just a match to further the story, but it wasn't just a match to be there cuz sometimes we'll get matches that are just to further a story and it's like, "Oh man, it's blatantly obvious." It wasn't blatantly obvious last night. When it was over, you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But it wasn't blatantly obvious that, oh, we're just going to go through the motions and get to the, the final segment where Beth Phoenix got speared by Rhea Ripley. It's, it's, it didn't feel that way to me when I was watching it. It wasn't a segment to get to a segment. It was a legit match with some heat because they do have history that by the end of it, you're pretty sure, you're pretty sure... Finn Balor and Ripley can pull this off because there's always questions with Edge. That dude's been through everything, beaten everybody. So you can never really count out Edge. So this gives Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley the edge as far as I'm concerned in in the fans' eyes to take over and finally finish this feud on the winning end and show why. Finn Balor was chosen over Edge because we still haven't gotten like an answer as far as why they show they chose Finn Balor over Edge. This will give us proof of concept as to why the Judgment Day kicked Edge out for Finn Balor. Then after that, man, what another really good segment. We had the segment the the contract signing between Bobby Lashley. And Brock Lesnar. I love how Bobby Lashley just roped in Brock Lesnar to do whatever he wanted. It really shows how much Brock 
respects Bobby Lashley. Brock Lesnar does not do things like this if he doesn't respect you. Bobby Lashley really got one over on him in storyline. Made him do what he wanted. He wanted Brock to come out there so he could spear him. He was always going to sign that contract. Bobby Lashley doesn't back away from a fight. Never has. It's crazy. It's Bobby Lashley. Get serious. But he made him come out of the ring, walk down the ramp, and he had a spear for it because he knew the security guards were going to get in the way. Brock would be distracted, and it's a perfect opportunity. So it was very smartly produced and executed by everybody involved, and it made sense. It made sense. It fit Brock's character. He just wants to kick Bobby Lashley's ass. Get out here. Sign this contract so I can whoop your ass on Saturday. Bobby Lashley was having none of that. He's like, no, 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 no. I have more victories over you. You're going to come to me. Which led to the spear, which led to the contract being signed. And so we're going to get Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar at Elimination Chamber. Those two mesh really well, so I'm really looking forward to that. Piper Niven versus Meechin was next up on Raw last night. I thought this was pretty well wrestled. I'm really enjoying the the Piper Niven and not Dewdrop. I'm really glad that Triple H made that decision. Piper Niven got the victory here, which I think is really important because I do believe she's in the chamber as well on Saturday. So another reason why you can't just be like, oh, well, you know, Mitchin gets this one because you're in the chamber. No, you have to give it. Piper Niven needs to win this match. She's she's rebuilding herself after the dewdrop experiment. And this helps give her an edge and makes it so the fans can see her as a possible winner at Elimination Chamber. And, and that's what you want to do with these go-home shows. Not every go-home show has to be the best show ever. But you do have to move stories along. You do have to showcase certain people. You do have to make it so they have a reason to be there and a reason for the fans to be invested. And I think they did a great job of that last night. And now we're really going to go to... God, Cody is on fire again. The promo between Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn was fantastic. And I'll be honest... I do not envy Triple H one bit right now because this has got to be hard. Because I said it last week, or maybe it was the week before. I really don't recall. Everything just kind of <laughs> blends together. But there's questions. This is what you want. You want multiple top baby faces. You can't just have one. We saw how much that hurt when it was just John Cena. And and that's not John's fault. It's not his fault at all. He was just out there doing his job. And I'm I'm not going to blame Vince either on that, on the whole John Cena thing being the only, like, main face for 15 years. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. And the Sammy thing has been so organic. Like, they didn't plan for this. They did not plan for Sammy Zayn. To be this beloved, I mean, I always loved Sami Zayn, but I think you see my point, Buckle Brigade. The point is that 
they didn't. This is very Daniel Bryan esque, but Sammy's never been buried per se like they tried to do with Daniel Bryan. Do I think he's gonna beat Roman? Probably not. But it's still a damn good story. It's it's where Sami Zayn belongs. He proved it through this whole storyline. He belongs in the main event scene, regardless of who the champion is. He he really does. He can do it all. Was, was he a comedy character? You know, with the Intercontinental Championship feud and the conspiracy theories and stuff like that? Sure he was. But he's not always been a comedy character, and I think people forget that because that storyline went on so long. He's not always been a comedy character. He was not a comedy character when he got brought into NXT. Is he different? Sure. But isn't that what we want? Don't we want different? I mean, we don't want another Roman. We don't want another John. We don't want another Cody. We don't want another Stone Cold Steve Austin. Do we want more faces at that level sure but we do not want to see cookie cutter versions of past guys Sami Zayn is something else he's one of the greatest wrestlers in the world all around there's not there's a lot of guys that are that good but there's not when you look at the big picture of professional wrestling there's really not there's there's a lot more guys that don't have every single piece yet and I'm not saying that those guys can't get there but it takes time and look at Brock and Lashley their promos used to be terrible terrible look at them now four five six years down the road after they were bad at promos look at them they got people into everything eating out of the palm of their hands it's the same thing with Zammy and I think it was really important that Cody put him over the way that he did. It fits Cody's character. Now, there were times when he was in AEW, and it was on this show that I talked about, in AEW, I think he should have turned heel. He didn't. And that's that's all right. I didn't like it, but that's all right. And I think a big part, I think we were talking about this not on the show, I think a big part of why Cody put that stipulation in with Chris when he was wrestling for the AEW World Championship, is that I don't think he wanted his first championship to be the AEW title. Like, the first world title to be the AEW championship. I just don't think he did. And that's okay, because he wanted to prove that the Rhodes family deserves to be at the top of the biggest wrestling company in the world. And and there's nothing wrong with that. So I think this is a good move, not only for Cody to to go out there, be himself, and this really felt like that first year run that Cody had in AEW. These these promos, he's been hitting out of the park. He's in the the right role, and this, this segment was fantastic. Fantastic. Cody put him over without putting him over. He didn't have to, he didn't go through accolades, he didn't do anything. He just said, do you believe? You finish your story. He didn't kiss his ass. He just fired him up. And I'll say this, that's one of the best things that Cody Rhodes does. He really does get people fired up with his promos. So this this might have been the, the segment, not the match of the night, but this was for sure the segment of the night. And then 
Cody got to beat up on poor, poor Baron Corbin. Just saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. But at the same time, it fits. It fits Baron Corbin. He is pissed. He's pissed. He's been pushed off to the side by JBL. He started talking smack about JBL, and then he went into the whole Rhodes family, and he mentioned Dusty, and that was a mistake because him and Cody started fighting, and he, he got beat up out there. Normally, I would be like, mm, nah, that probably wasn't good for Corbin, but it was good for Corbin. It's moving him away from this happy Corbin nonsense. It worked for a while, but like I said last week, he didn't change anything when he got with JBL. He just didn't. And whose fault that is, I don't know. I'm not there. I don't know anybody there, so I don't know. But I think this is going to start becoming the, the transition to the more lone wolf Baron Corbin. Now, he doesn't need to go full board lone wolf Baron Corbin. We, we don't need to see a rehash. But I think he needs to take all of these recent gimmicks and mold them kind of together, but have the lone wolf, mean, nasty Baron Corbin be the forefront of this. Because I'm tired of Happy Corbin. I like angry Baron Corbin. It's much more entertaining. Was Happy Corbin funny? Sure. But there's a time and a place. That time and place is past. So hopefully this starts the... The Corbin train running again. I'm, I'm a fan of Corbin. I think he does great work for a big man in the ring. He's got good promo skills. They just haven't found that right gimmick to get him over that mid-card hump. Because I do think he could make a really good heel champion, whether it's a tr transitional champion or a six-month champion or what have you. I think he would be a nice little stopgap in between face champions. And I, I really hope that he wrestles JBL or a JBL representative at WrestleMania because that could be his gimmick. That could be the reverse Undertaker gimmick, if you will. He's, no one's ever going to be undefeated at WrestleMania. But if you have Corbin beating Hall of Famers each and every year, at WrestleMania, that's that's a whole different type of record. I mean, like Cody said, finish the story. The story started last year when he beat Kurt Angle. Now let's keep it going. Give him somebody else to beat. And again next year. And again next year. That can be his thing. It's all right. You don't always have to be in the world title match at WrestleMania. Every match at WrestleMania is important. You you need matches like this. It gets Hall of Famers involved with break, with which brings in fans that have tuned out because, oh, I love him. Oh, I'm watching that. That's for sure. So it brings in the lapsed fans. It, it brings in the casuals because most casuals at least know a good portion, at least the name of a lot of these Hall of Famers. Like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that guy. Okay. Yeah, I'll watch that. That's cool. Kind of interested in that. I just don't want it to be like a surprise. Like, if they're going to do it, they need to, like, Pull that trigger now and really, and I think they did start pulling it last night when he started that talking about how JBL was bringing him down. The way JBL talked down to him when he left him in a lurch, for lack of a better term. I, I really think this is the start of that, which, yeah, it's close to WrestleMania, but I think there's still time to build something good here with Baron Corbin and JBL or 
a wrestler of JBL's choosing if he's not able to go in the ring. Because Baron Corbin, say what you will about him, as far as I can tell, pretty safe in the ring. He didn't hurt Kurt. As far as I can tell, he hasn't hurt anybody. And he makes solid points. He's the last guy to beat Roman Reigns. He did that. He did that. That's something that he can hang his hat on. And and that's how you start building heels and faces and things like that. You need to remind us of the history that you've had so we can really get invested. Because it's like, I kind of forgot. Roman hasn't lost in so long. I mean, I know R- Logan reminded me last week, but not everybody remembers that. Not, not everybody has a friend like Logan to remind them of these little minutiae over here in wrestling where it's like, damn, that's right. Corbin was the last dude to beat Roman. That's wild. It's wild to think about where Corbin is right now and the fact that he was the last guy to pin Roman Reigns. And then we had a nice little preview of the chamber, I guess. Asuka, Carmella, and Nikki Cross versus the other three women in the chamber. It's not on my rundown. My memory's terrible. But Asuka, Carmella, and Nikki Cross won that match. I like the little pre-match promo they did. I think it fit Nikki Cross's craziness, Asuka's insanity, and Carmella's I'm better than everybody kind of a thing. Like, it really felt like you were almost, like, back in high school. Like, it almost felt like one of those where it's like, you guys are weird. I, I, I don't know why I loved that line, but I loved it. I was like, you, you two are weird and just walked away. Like, it's fantastic. So, hats off to all of that. Bronson Reed defeated Seth, defeated Mustafa Ali. I think this was just a filler, but... You know, they, they see something Triple H does in Bronson Reed. I think he always has. So it's very important that he has these matches, especially with somebody the caliber of Mustafa Ali. You want Bronson Reed to look good? He's probably one of your best choices, if not Dolph Ziggler, who was in the promo segment before the match happened. So this was really well done. Seth, Braun- Seth Rollins was on Miz TV with some crazy clown shoes that are sh- sure, I mean, I'm sure they're not called clown shoes, but that's what Miz called them, so that's what I'm going to call them. I'm sure they weren't cheap. They looked weird, but that's Seth, man. That's Seth Rollins. That's why we love Seth Rollins. He just has a you know different beat to his drum than most people. But that's why he's Seth Rollins. That's why he stands out. That's why he's a face now instead of a heel. Not because Triple H wanted it to be that way. It just worked out. He's too good and entertaining to boo right now. He was almost too good and entertaining to boo before. But, I mean, he was against Cody Rhodes and beloved baby faces. So somebody's got to work heel. And Seth Rollins could do damn near everything. So why not go ahead and and keep this going? And I like that The Miz brought up the fact that he won't talk about Logan Paul on WWE television. It's planting seeds, which is what we need in WrestleMania season, is planting seeds for that Seth Rollins-Logan Paul match. And I think that's the best. If you're going to have Logan Paul 
wrestle at WrestleMania, I don't think there's a better opponent than Seth Rollins. Because as good as Logan Paul has looked, he's looked that good with some of the top stars in the industry. He did. It's not like I'm not saying he didn't put in effort because he obviously did. He's he does pretty well for what he's asked to do. He does a very very damn good job out there in the ring. You can tell he cares. But the type of match that you want to have at WrestleMania with a celebrity, it's very similar to like if you want to have a Hall of Fame match. It's all about the story and who you put across the ring from them. Well, these celebrity matches, same thing. The story's important, but it's just as important to for their dance partner to be a certain guy. And with Seth kind of on the outside looking in, as far as the U.S. title and undisputed championship goes, I think this is a perfect spot for him. He can lead. Notice I said lead, not carry, because I do think Logan Paul is very capable in that ring. He can lead Logan Paul to probably the best match he's had so far, and he's had some bangers. I can't, I don't think I can say that enough just because I'm just so surprised that now in 2023 we get what we always wanted from our celebrities in pro wrestling. They, they take it seriously, and and that's what we want. I've talked about this on the show before. It doesn't bother me as much when a celebrity's out there. It really doesn't because they care. That's all I care about. They care about the product. They go and they train. They learn the craft. Will they ever be a Roman or a Seth or to a smaller extent a Theory or a Miz? Probably not, but they don't have to be. They don't have to be. That's not what they're there for. They're there to get fans that might not watch the product at all and Fans that think pro wrestling's the dumbest shit ever, which I still don't understand because it's no different than fucking Game of Thrones or Star Trek or a Marvel movie or anything else. I mean, to each his own, but like, wow, I'm going way, I'm about to go way back machine. Back when wrestling was the dream, way, way back. I'm talking like 99. You know, my, my dad asked me, why do you even like this? It's fake. Which irritated me because it's not fake. It's predetermined. And I looked at him and I was like, you like Star Trek. That's pretty fake. And he never said it again. Love my dad. I just it popped into my head, ADHD and all. But I guess you see my point. Like, There's people out there that, that think that pro wrestling is this lower form of of entertainment and has no business being anywhere. And I saw some comments, um, I won't name any names, but we're all kind of Facebooky friends. I don't engage as much as I should, but one of my Facebook friends on there, you know, talking about the Super Bowl and how he thought it might have been fixed or close to fixed or whatever. And and one one of his friends that I don't know was like, I thought you liked fixed sports. That's not the same thing. Because I'll be honest. I'll be honest. History lesson, folks. History lesson. You know why wrestling is predetermined? Because many, many moons ago, I mean, we're talking early 1900s, 
they all came to an understanding when they were just basically carnies that, damn, we're all getting hurt. Damn, we can't make any money if we're hurt. Why don't we stop trying to murder each other and just put on a good show? I mean, that's how they would get fans to come in and, and participate. They, they'd have one, they'd have a plant in the crowd, and they'd have a wrestler come out here and talk a bunch of smack, and that plant in the crowd would beat that wrestler and would give other fans, be like, oh, yeah, I'll pay money to get in the ring. I could beat him. This guy just beat him. I can do it. And, and it, it evolved into what it is now. But a lot of people crap on wrestling because it's predetermined, and, and that's not what matters. It's not what matters. It's all about the entertainment value and what it brings to you. Now, am I saying that everybody should watch pro wrestling? No, it's not everybody's thing, just like how football isn't everybody's thing, soccer isn't everybody's thing, hockey isn't everybody's thing. We all have our own interests. I just don't think you should write something off because it's predetermined. And my argument will always be, you'll sit here and you'll watch Stranger Things for a day when the season comes out. But you won't give wrestling a chance? All right. Just don't call it fake, man. I mean, two each their own. It's predetermined, not fake. There's a very, very big difference. I had an art, I had a, a discussion with a few people when I was still attending school who, who made that comment. And I said, all right, do the Harlem, Globetro- do the Harlem Globetrotters make basque- mean basketball is fake? No. No, they don't. Is the Harlem Globetrotters predetermined? Sure it is. That doesn't mean basketball's fake. It's not. Harlem Globetrotters are predetermined, but guess what? They're still going out there and playing basketball. Surprise. Surprise. And they're a huge draw. There's nothing wrong with it if that's your thing. I'm just saying, this, this, this hatred of pro wrestling because it's predetermined is asinine in 2023. It drives me insane. And comments never end. People always talk shit about it. It just doesn't make sense to me. You can be like, I don't like it. All right. My son's that way. Son doesn't really sit here and watch wrestling with me. But I exposed him to it. And now he's over here switching cameras at shows for the ASWA. It's still not his thing. He likes broadcasting. But he's seeing how wrestling works. And he's accepted wrestling for what it is. Will he ever be a fan like me? No. Will he ever sit down and watch an episode of Dynamite? Probably not. But he respects it. And I didn't force that on him. He probably doesn't isn't into wrestling because I refuse to to push my interests on my son. I didn't think that was fair. He needs to make his own way. He needs to make his own choices and his own interests. Now, do we have interests that overlap? Sure, we love Transformers. We love Marvel. We love Star Wars. There are things. We love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There are things that I introduced him to that he loved. I introduced him into wrestling. and He didn't love it. It's okay. It's okay. But look at him now. He respects it. And if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have these these broadcasts that, that we have. We would. It would be a lot harder on yours truly here because I'd be doing graphics. I'd be doing switching. Now, my son has taken over the graphics and the switching, and I can be the executive producer 
and direct and fix cameras when something goes wrong because, I mean, something always goes wrong. Now, you might not see it on Fox or TBS or TNT or ESPN or CBS. You might not see something going wrong. I guarantee you it does, but that's what lots of money and equipment can get for you. You can hide those. And, and I'm not bitching. They've made their money. They, they were very, All of those companies are very good at what they do. But it's a lot easier to hide those, those issues that arise in these broadcasts when you have things in place and the right people in place to fix the problems when they happen. Because there's always issues. Something always happens. Camera goes out. Cord gets cut. Cord gets pulled out. There's always going to be something. So you have to have the right people in the right spot. We lost a couple cameras on Saturday. Hopefully nobody really notices when, when the ASWA posts the show that's exporting right now. But I guess my point is, like, if you, if, if my son wasn't there to help us, it would have been very noticeable that something went wrong because I would have had to go to a, if I can't, when the camera went out, I'd have to go to another camera. It would sit there for however long it took me to fix the camera. And then everything would start switching again and it would be very, very, very noticeable. So I, I really thank my son for that, for, for being willing to take this ride with me and, you know, he took broadcasting in middle school, so it's not like... Because, see, he saw how much fun I have. So I think that's what led him to broadcasting. He's good at it. He's good at it. And You know, we do Transformer builds and stuff like that as I ramble off the completely different topic than what we're talking about. But I, hopefully you see my point. You, it's just one of those things. Two each their own. But don't, don't write something off because you don't understand it. Give it a shot. Just give it a shot. That's all we ever ask. Whether whether it's soccer, whether it's hockey, whether it's football, basketball, collegiate wrestling, pro wrestling, volleyball, I could go on for days. Give it a chance. Like for me, all right, here here here's the chance. I played soccer in high school. I don't like it on TV. But I have a blast when I go. There are some things that are like that. And so if you're on the fence about pro wrestling, my suggestion to you is to find an ASWA or a new Ohio wrestling level independent wrestling company. Go to one of their shows. Because wrestling doesn't always, it doesn't, it's different. It's a completely different animal when you're there than when it's live. Now, for me, I mean, it's almost the same because I love it. But there's nothing, nothing. And I've been to football, baseball, basketball, volleyball, soccer, you name it. I've, I've been to these events. I've seen these things live. Nothing really compares to what pro wrestling can bring you, especially live. It's just, it's just something else. So, I mean... I guess I'm preaching to the choir because if you're listening to this podcast, you probably like pro wrestling. But if you have friends that crap on you for watching pro wrestling or what have you, play this clip. 
Ask them to give it a chance. What What's the worst that could happen if I buy you a ticket to a wrestling show and we hang out for three hours? You either like it or you don't. That's the only, I think that's the only way that you can figure out if you like this business at all as a fan. It's, you you got to go see it live. You got to. But anyway, thanks for listening to Ramble, Rambling with McCarthy. Rick Boogs defeated The Miz. Rick Boogs is really coming into his own, man. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I hate it when he says Boogs Cruise. Like, I don't want to say I hate it, but it hurts because it's so close to Bruce Cruise, so it hurts. And Bruce Cruise Podcast, the only podcast that we do pro wrestling for your ears. Sorry, I had to do it. So, But I thought this was a really re- well-wrestled match. Hopefully, that, that might be the match for, for WrestleMania for The Miz. We'll have to wait and see. I think Rick Boots needs some rub and a high-profile matchup at WrestleMania. I think he's earned it. I think he's entertaining. He can go in the ring. So he's deserved. Bianca Belair defeated Becky Lynch and Bayley to deny them entry into the Elimination Chamber. I thought this was a banger. I mean, three... Sure, I mean, two of them are definitely Hall of Famers. I mean, Bianca probably as well. When it's all said and done, I thought this was a really well-wrestled match. It showed all of their strengths, especially Bianca's, like, ridiculous strength. And it, it was intelligent from Bianca to hit the KOD on both of them after the move was hit. I thought it was fantastic. So, overall... Raw was pretty well, pretty, uh, pretty well received on, on for this guy. Did some things hit as much as Triple H probably wanted? Probably not, but that's pro wrestling. But I thought it was a very good go-home show. It didn't have the greatest matches. I mean, Bianca Belair, Becky, and Bailey was the match of the night. Kind of should have been. It's the main event. So there's nothing wrong with that. But it moved things forward things make sense there's there's some questions you're not really sure who's going to win these chamber matches you're you're kind of sure who's going to win between Bobby and Lesnar but not really so and, and that's what we want and we're pretty sure that Sami Zayn's going to get beat by Roman but that's okay because i think there's a little bit of doubt there like maybe he could pull it off because of a lot of things that Sami said he was there he's seen people bigger stronger better than him, lose to Roman. And that would shake anybody's confidence. It would. And he was on the, the, the side of Roman Reigns to see all that. He, But that also, in that same sentence, what the fuck? But also, in that same aspect, you want Sami Zayn to win, but you don't know if he can. 
But in the same aspect as I had camera problems, so I kind of lost my train of thought there. See? Camera problems all the time. And we're not even doing roaming or multiple cameras. It's just one camera on me. And oh, surprise, camera cuts out. Anyway, you want there to be doubt because there's doubt in Sammy's mind, but there's there should also be doubt in Roman's, even though he won't show it. Because Sammy does know how they plan and how they prepare to take a victory away and continue Roman's legacy and title reign. So, if anything, that should scare Roman more than Cody. I mean, Cody's on a tear. So, Roman, in the back of his head, he'll never show it, should be worried. But he should be more worried about Sammy for the simple fact is that Sammy spent eight months learning under that tree and knowing what to look for. And that provides a type of advantage that I don't think you can quantify. It would be like, it's like when when an NFL team cuts somebody. Sometimes they're brought into a rival just because. Just because. Because they know how it works. And that rival wants, wants an edge against the competition. And so I think it tells, this is telling a really good story as far as that. Like if we look at it that way and we're like, all right, yeah, his Sammy's confidence is shaken. He's not sure because he's seen people lose to him. But at the same time, he knows their gimmicks. He knows what they're going to do. So that gives him a leg up on anyone that has wrestled Roman over this historic run. And speaking of run, need an energy boost without the crash or jitters? Then you need Big Energy Tears by Dubby. 150 milligrams of caffeine per serving, filled with vitamins B3, B6, B12, and C. No sugar, no maltodextrin, artificial colors, dyes, or fillers. A fantastic blue raspberry flavor, creating a sweet and tangy experience. Visit W.GG and use code BRUISERNATION, that's B-R-U-Z-E-R NATION, for 10% off each and every order. Once again, W.GG and break away from big energy today. And we'll be back in just a few minutes. Buckle Brigade. Miss out on it. Russell Fit is the way to go. Get you a little bit of everything. Hope to see you soon. All right, Buckle Brigade. I just figured just a quick one. It's just me. I don't need that big of a break. I mean, there's nothing really, there's nobody for me to talk to. So, what's the point? We are going to move right along 
to AEW Dynamite. But first, as we get ready, get set, and get going to talk about Dynamite, that code once again for W.G.G. Wow. Right there at the bottom of your screen, code Bruiser Nation, B-R-U-Z-E-R Nation, for 10% off each and every order. I mean, what more can you ask for, honestly? 10% off, that's a deal. You won't get 10% off without the code. I mean, I guess someone else's code, but I guess you get what I'm saying. Give it a try. It should be my, my W should be here next Tuesday. Takes a little, it's like the tail end, like the tail end coastal area, California, and I'm in Ohio, so it's, it's going to take a minute to get here. So we will give you a taste review. I've heard good things. I'm excited about it. Like, I love me some coffee, but I'm really excited to maybe have something else to bring me some energy. And they got all kinds of flavors for focus, for energy, you name it. They got it. They got some pretty sweet merch, too. So go to W.GG, use code BRUISERNATION for 10% off and break free from big energy. All right, MJF defeated Takashita on Dynamite last Wednesday. This was a banger. Like, you totally forget because he doesn't wrestle all that often. And he's a heel, so he always cheats to win. You forget how good he is. Like, my eyes got, like, this big when MJF backflipped off off that counter off of the turnbuckle. So I thought this was really well wrestled. It's furthering the story. It's really putting emphasis on T- Takashita to where he's probably going to be in the main event scene sooner rather than later. I'm very impressed with the work this guy does. I mean, it's fantastic how good he is in that ring. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where that young man goes as far as pro wrestling and AEW in general, it's 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 exciting to see young guys like this with this much talent. It it really gives hope for the future of this business. It's great to see. You see it too on WWE, but we're not talking about that anymore. But to have somebody with this caliber so young, so hungry, it's it says something about this business. People worry that this business is getting long in the tooth because ratings aren't where they were 10 years ago. I just want to ask you all to stop worrying about that. Ratings are important. Ratings are subjective because you have to look at everything that's on that night. Now, I, I don't I don't pay enough attention to ratings. I probably should since I do this show. But I, I hope you're seeing my point. A lot of a lot of fans get get stuck on ratings. They, they're just they fixate on it and they go, oh, well. They're in trouble. The ratings went down. All right. Was there playoff basketball or hockey or football? I mean, depending on the time of the year it is, you always have to look at what is on TV. Is there a political debate on TV that night? Like You always have to look at these things as fans, and I, I get it. We're like, oh, my God, it was up here last week. It's down here this week. What's going on? That's a good question. But the what's going on is what else is going on as far as TV goes. Because there's a lot more WWE pay-per-views 
premium live events on Saturdays now because Sundays are busy. Stuff's going on. So you want to put your product on a night where there's not as much competition. You can't do that with a Raw, a SmackDown, a Dynamite, a Rampage. You can't just be like, well, we're going to have it on this night now. That's that's why they moved Dynamite to TBS because it kept getting moved for basketball and hockey. I digress. Jamie Hayter defeated the Bunny. This match was all right. There was a little, there was, I won't say, there was a lot of miscommunication there at the end. I'm not sure Bunny thought that Hayter was going to do the the Haterade again because, dear Lord, I hope Bunny's all right. She got dropped on her face. She probably might have broken orbital bone, might have just got, like, a concussion. I mean, we, we don't know. I haven't looked. I don't always have time to see what's going on as far as injuries go. But hopefully Bunny's all right. I'd like to see these two again because it was a pretty well-wrestled match until that miscommunication at the end. It really was. It Was it five-star? No. It didn't have to be. It was an eliminator match. It, it doesn't have to be five stars. It's to see where the bunny's at. I think she showed she should in the future get a title shot. But first, we have to make sure she's okay. First and foremost, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and bash Jamie Hayter. Miscommunication happens, especially in pro wrestling. It was obvious miscommunication. I'm sure if Jamie Hayter looks back at it, and she probably has, probably wouldn't have done the move again. Bunny wasn't ready for it or didn't think she was going to do it or what have you, but it was blatantly obvious that there was miscommunication there. And hopefully the Bunny's okay to continue this because she does get better each and every week the more she's on television. Ricky Starks competed in the Garcia Guevara Invitational. He made put out Parker Menard in pretty short order, which I think was smart. But then Garcia was able to defeat Ricky Starks, so Ricky Starks does not get to wrestle Chris Jericho. And it was because of Chris Jericho's interference, hitting him with the Judas Effect, Judas Effect, geez, when Ricky Starks was on the outside. And that was really well done by Chris Jericho. I mean, I know I'm wearing his shirt. If you've listened to this show even once, you know I'm a bonafide Jericho-holic, and I won't apologize for it, and I won't go to meetings for it either. But I, that was real legit. When I saw the next day, he posted on social media that 15 minutes before the show started, he was in that seat. He was in that seat and waited until it was time to hit Ricky Starks with the Judas effect to make sure he doesn't lose to Ricky Starks again. And that's that's just that's dedication, man. That's dedication. Not everybody does that. And I'm not saying that everybody does. But it really enhanced the story that no one knew he was out there until he delivered the Judas effect, of course. But... It really added to the story and, and makes the Chris Jericho character seem that much more conniving and intelligent and one step ahead of everybody else. So I thought that was fantastic. Could the match have been a little better? Sure. Did I really like the whole concept of the gauntlet? Not really. I thought it was a little bit too similar to what MJF always does when he's got somebody coming for him, puts a 
bunch of barricades in the way. As a heel, you should. So that's not why I'm like, eh, on it. It's just, it's a little too similar to MJF's storyline right now. So I'm not poo-pooing it. That's not, that's not what I'm doing. I'm just not, I think they could have gone about it differently. I'm not going to sit here and tell Chris Jericho, who's been wrestling almost as long as I've been alive, that he should have done something differently. But, I mean, it's just a thought that maybe don't throw gauntlets out right now. I think you could this Wednesday. I think it would have been much better served this Wednesday as opposed to last week because you had the final match for Danielson to get the Iron Man match with MJF. It's it's too similar. It's not exactly the same, but I think it's too similar with back-to-back segments right there to do it. Like you could have waited another week. Revolution's like three weeks away, something like that. I mean, it's it's mid February. We got we got a couple weeks left until Revolution. We we could have waited, especially if Ricky wasn't gonna win. And what's the? I don't want to say what's the point, but you couldn't could have waited a week to do the Invitational, just so you don't get such similar segments. But that, that's a nitpick thing. It it is what it is. Like I said about Raw, sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. That's pro wrestling, baby. Speaking of Brian Danielson, him and Roosh beat the ever-loving piss out of each other, and I don't care what anybody says. At me at Bruiser Nation PR, it's totally fine. This is the greatest run of Daniel Bryan's career. Is it the most high-profile? Well, no, that would be a stupid statement. He main evented WrestleMania. He beat Randy Orton, Batista, and Triple H in the same night. That almost tops the whole story, like career goals-wise. The Planet's Champion was huge, but as far as matches, he we all know how good Danielson is. If you don't, you've been living in a box. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Or you don't watch pro wrestling, one or the other. That's the only choice that there is. But he has shown how good he is. Hey, I don't want Daniel Bryan to retire anytime soon. But I'm really excited to see what he does when he does retire. Because I feel like I feel like there's going to be a Bryan Danielson wrestling school when he hangs up his boots for good. And that will only strengthen this business. Danielson can do everything. Everything. Catches, catch, can. High flying. Beat the shit out of each other like he did on Wednesday with Roosh. I mean, they looked like hamburger. They were just in there going at it, and it was a brawl. A beautiful, violent brawl. But that's what it was, and it just it keeps cementing how good Danielson is. Now, people can say, well, blah, 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 blah. he's not going to get the title, so it doesn't matter. Or they're going to bury Danielson to put over MJF. Dude, whatever. You don't know how pro wrestling works. You don't know what Danielson wants. I mean, I'll use an example. I know I was hard on CM Punk. I was. He didn't want the title. Maybe Danielson doesn't want it either. 
So we, we, we have to sometimes take our crazy fandom out of it and think that maybe what Danielson wants is to leave this business better off when he hangs up his boots. And that's what he's doing. These matches that he's had, I mean, we all knew who Roosh was. We all knew who Takeshita was before they wrestled each other. But you're getting one hell of a rub if you can go toe-to-toe, hold-for-hold, punch-for-punch for 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes. You get the idea with someone as good as Brian Danielson. The Elite defeated A.R. Fox and Top Flight. There were, this was a banger. And, and I will say this, I will say this. How does A.R. Fox float like that? Like, I, I don't understand. I don't. He just he jumps over things and it's like slow motion and it's it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, I mean, Darius Martin's pretty good at that too, but dude, Ar Fox, there's something else when he gets his speed going and gets the aerial maneuvers going. Man, it's it's something else to behold. He just floats in the air just a little bit longer than other people do, and I, there were some times that I thought. They're really going to give him this short of a title run? That's wild. I really did think that Top Flight and AR Fox were going to take those championships from them. I was kind of rooting for it. You know, if you've listened to the show, you know how much I love Kenny Omega. It's a love-hate with the Young Bucks. I respect what they've done. Sometimes they get a little, do a little too much and don't let things breathe. But I think that that was the closest we've seen to the elite being damn near outclassed by a younger team and maybe they would have won if we wouldn't have had the the main event that well we're going to talk about but I don't as far as the guns defeating the claim the acclaimed to win the tag team titles I get it you're trying to there's a lot of options here so the guns have gotten so much better. They're they they are like mirror images of the acclaimed as far as came through on dark and preliminary matches and grinding and wrestling all over whenever they're asked, doing everything that they're asked. So it's almost mirror images as far as that goes of of, of the story and and their careers. I, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say you shouldn't have given it to him. Was it for shock value? I don't know. I was surprised. I really was. And was the match like match of the year candidate? Candidate? No, not really. It wasn't bad. And that's okay. I was surprised when the acclaim got beat. I, did, I wasn't sure. I, the only way I thought the guns were going to beat the acclaimed was if Billy turned on the acclaimed. And so, I'll take that. You proved me wrong there. You surely did, Tony. You got me, hook, line, and sinker, because I thought for sure the only way the guns were going to win was to be damn near handed the title by their dad. So, hats off to that, because it makes the guns look even more legitimate. Like, yeah, they cheated, but they're heels. Who cares? But to have Billy still with the acclaimed 
and the guns still take the title, that means a lot more than if Billy would have screwed the acclaimed over. So this is not the end of the story. I am sure they're going to have some type of match at Revolution and probably some type of gimmick match. Hopefully it's not a dumpster match again because they got... That was, a little, I, that was a fun show. Me and Jason went to that show. See, he comes to wrestling with me. You just got to experience it. It doesn't have to be your favorite thing. You don't have to sit there and watch it each and every week. Go to a show. It'll be fun. I, pr- I promise you. Promise you. It'll be fun. You will remember things. We are actually going to skip... Smackdown tonight other than the fact that we're gonna we'll talk about it a little bit but we're not gonna go deep diving into it I really like the questions that we have coming out of Smackdown as far as where do Jay's loyalties lie we know where Paul's loyalties lie with Roman they always have where do Jimmy's loyalties lie these, these are the questions I was talking about on Raw. WWE television is doing a really good job of giving us questions we should be asking. What's going on? What are they going to do? And I think it's very important, and it shows how good this product can be, that there's so many pieces right now just in the world title alone it's wild i can't i can't remember the last time there were this many moving pieces involved in a world championship storyline and it not feeling convoluted and weird like this makes total sense jay trying kind of siding with sammy because Jay didn't want Sammy in the bloodline for the longest time, and then Sammy proved how dedicated he was to the bloodline. And now Jay's torn between the bloodline and Sammy Zayn. Jimmy's torn between his brother and the bloodline. Heyman's over here playing games because hiding behind pillars and shit. And, And hats off to... You would do that for your brother. I'd lie to Paul Heyman for my brother. Uh, he didn't say nothing, man. It's fine. I don't know. He didn't say nothing. It's cool. Even though Paul Heyman was right there behind that pillar, hearing Jay say, man, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't. And the, the crowd reaction that you heard from that little segment between Sammy and Jay when they were outside tells you how good this story is. They went wild with that fist bump, man. And Sami Zayn dropping that line, I acknowledge you. Man, that hit that that right in the heart, man. Right in the heart. That was great. See, that's how good Sami Zayn is. Like I said, do I think Sami's going to beat Roman Saturday? No, probably not. But I don't think he has to. It's all right if he doesn't. He has shown enough to where he should get a title reign. Not this month. I mean, if he does, all right. I'm cool with that. I'm totally cool with Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes or a triple threat between Cody, Sami, and Roman at WrestleMania. I'm totally fine with that. But Sami has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's a draw he can carry a company, and then I think he deserves a run with the championship in the future. He he does. If if anybody on that roster, 
other than Cody deserves a chance to take the ball and run with it, it's Sami Zayn. It is. It's Sami Zayn. If you don't agree with me, you know, reach out at To The Buckle or Bruiser Nation PR on Twitter or To The Buckle on Facebook or Bruiser Nation Productions on Facebook or Jason P. McCarthy on Facebook. It's fine. Reach out. Tell me why I'm wrong. That's totally cool. I'm all right with that. If I'm missing something, but Sammy's a draw. Sammy's a draw. Just like Brian Danielson's a draw. Yes, looks are important in wrestling, but not the way a lot of people think. Not the way Vince thinks. You don't have to be pretty. It's wrestling. Come on. I mean, look at it. Yeah, Hulk Hogan was huge. He wasn't pretty. Andre the Giant wasn't pretty. And that's just two of them. So take the you know, take that little tidbit with what you will. I really like where they're going with all of this, regardless of what happens on Saturday. And we're going to wrap things up with, I was kind of shocked at the, the seed planted by Paul Heyman because he's like, don't, don't come to the show. You see more on TV. So he's like telling Jimmy, I saw what you were talking about. I saw you. I saw you two talking. I know what's going on. You're not stupid. Stay home. You'll see more. Sometimes you see things you don't see live. So I'm really digging this story. I think this. I've talked about that story more than anything on this podcast today, but that's what happens when you're so low and there's nobody to stop you from rambling. We're going to skip running the ropes. I don't think it's as fun with just my opinion. I mean... Let's get serious for a minute. No, nobody wants to hear just my opinion on these rumors and innuendos of what's going on in pro wrestling. So we'll we'll skip running the ropes today. We'll we'll save that segment for next week. Once again, I don't know if I thanked him. Thank you, Logan, for giving me the rundown. Appreciate it. We didn't plan on not doing a show tonight. It just kind of happened that way, and I, I just I wanted to make sure we got something out to the Buckle Brigade. But I really appreciate that. Logan, you made me this fantastic rundown. You you made my evening pretty easy. So thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. But we're going to go through. I haven't gotten their predictions. I'll get them by Saturday. I promise. But we're going to go ahead and I'll give you my predictions for the Elimination Chamber on Saturday. We're going to go ahead and start Bobby Lashley versus Barack Lesnar. Like I said, I don't have their predictions in yet. It's Valentine's Day. I better not have their predictions in. Okay? That's all I'm saying. I better not. You have other things to focus on. You guys aren't even married yet. Don't be messing up your Valentine's Day. Don't do not do that. Don't do that. Not everybody's got to be in trouble. It's fine. It's fine. So don't do that. Enjoy your guys' evening. It's totally fine. Just send them to me by Saturday. That's all I ask. But I digress. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. I think I got Lesnar. I don't know why I said Lesnar, like Lesnar, but I might say it like that from now on. That was kind of fun to say. Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Finn Balor. That wasn't as fun to say. Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. I think Balor and Ripley take this one. I I, I don't think you have a choice because then them kicking out Edge to take Finn just doesn't make sense if Edge and Beth Phoenix win. Sure, it would send the crowd home while not happy because it wouldn't be the last match of the night. It would be your feel-good moment, but I think that would damage 
the judgment day a lot. It's just like, oh, we made a bad decision. He just beat you know, the number one contender to Charlotte's title and our leader. Like that, that, that would be very detrimental to everything that they're doing. The Women's Elimination Chamber match for a chance to wrestle Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. I think Asuka's taking it. I, I don't know how many times Asuka and Bianca have wrestled. I know they've wrestled. But with this new, like, meaner, crazier iteration of Asuka, I think that would be one hell of... Like, it, it, it would be a banger regardless. But I think that's a that that's the match. Asuka and Belair, I think that's the match. Because I think Becky and Bailey wrestle each other at WrestleMania. So, I'm going to go with Asuka. And the men's... Elimination Chamber for the United States Championship. I think once again, you submit the Judgment Day and you give this to Damian Priest. I think Damian Priest takes it, and I don't think it hurts Austin Theory at all. He has shown that he can go get through a lot of hard times and still come out smelling like roses because we were not sure where he was going to go when Triple H took over, and he is. Really, he's not missed a beat, hasn't missed prominence, nothing like that. He's involved in a very big storyline. He's the United States champion. I just think you need to do a little bit more to get the Judgment Day you know, put over, if you will. Really cement that they have found their groove in taking over and doing what they want to do. So you give it to Damian Priest as far as I'm concerned. And then, for the Undisputed, Universal. WWE Championship. As much as I want to say, Sammy, I I don't think that's the case. I I think Roman beats him. I think it's going to be a banger. I think there's going to be a lot of close calls. This is going to be the match where you really see how good Sammy Zayn is because he's going to make us think he's going to beat Roman. There's going to be a lot of times when him and Roman are working out there on Saturday. And they're going to make us believe that Sammy's going to win. They're going to make us believe it. I guarantee you they're going to make us believe that Sammy will dethrone Roman Reigns. And it's, I think, like I said, as much as I want Sammy to win, I just don't think you can. It's too much. I think it would be a disservice to Roman and Cody because... Even without Roman there all the time, Cody and Heyman have told one hell of a story promo-wise. And why rush it? I don't think you have to rush Sami Zayn's title reign. If if anything, the fans are going to be even more behind him in a loss. Will they? Will the roof blow off the arena if he wins? Sure. But, because you know Roman always finds a way, I, I think that's the right call to just... Have a 20, 30-minute match like Roman likes to have. That's fine. It's not a problem. Sami Zayn can hang. It's not a problem. I just don't think it's the time. Like I said earlier in the show, in the future, Sami deserves a title run. I just don't think it's the time right now. I, I don't. Would I be upset with the match quality of a triple threat match between Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, and Sami Zayn? Oh, hell no. I'd be real excited for that. But I think it's it would do a disservice to all these webs that are coming off of this storyline. Well, 
I mean, that's all for us this week, Buckle Brigade. I'll probably just release all this in just one episode. I don't know why I'm saying this at the end of the episode, but I am anyway. It's going to be released on Thursday. And until next time, need an energy boost without the crash or jitters? Then you need Big Energy Tears by Dubby. 150 milligrams of caffeine per serving. Filled with vitamins B3, B6, B12, and C. No sugar, no maltodextrin, artificial colors, dyes, or fillers. A fantastic blue raspberry flavor, creating a sweet and tangy experience. Visit W.GG and use code BRUISERNATION, that's B-R-U-Z-E-R-N-A-T-I-O-N, for 10% off each in every order. Once again, W.GG and break away from big energy. And until next time, Buckle Brigade, peace. Miss out on it. Russell Fit is the way to go. Just a little bit of everything. Hope to see you soon.